Good Morning Pensacola. Andrew McKay and the Pensacola Morning News starts right now. Well, I'm on my way. I don't know where I'm going. I'm on my way. I'm taking my time, but I don't know where. Goodbye to Rose and the Queen of Corona. See me and Julio down by the schoolyard. Good morning, 811 here on News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. I'm Andrew McKay. On Friday, we'd like to connect with Julio Diaz. He is our longest consistent interview for 10 years now almost. We've been talking to him about movies. He is the host and founder of Let's Go, uh, of uh, the Pensacola Movie Club. They watch movies and talk about them. You can follow him on Facebook and also of Let's Go Pensacola, 4 o'clock on Saturday here on News Radio. Julio, welcome back to the show, sir. Hey, good morning, Andrew. Good to have you. So, uh, a couple of movies this week. Uh, Lisa Frankenstein is that the first one? Yeah, this is this is kind of a horror comedy, as you might be able to tell from the from the title. This is uh, this was written by Diablo Cody, who won, of course won an Oscar for writing Juno, and has had kind of a varied career since then. And I, I know the reviews are not super great on this. It's, it's running about fifty five percent on Rotten Tomatoes, but I would point out that the last time. Diablo Cody wrote a satirical horror movie, a movie called Jennifer's Body. That oh, was not yeah. that was not very well critically received, but has become like this cult this cult favorite. So I wouldn't just write. And I actually really like Jennifer's Body. I think it's actually a pretty good movie. Uh, but uh, so keep that in mind. If you're a fan of Jennifer's Body, this might be one you really want to keep your eye out on, even though the reviews aren't great. Uh, it is about a uh, girl in high school who falls in love with a really handsome guy who happens to be dead. Of and course, needs, needs as, a, as, as it happens. As, as happens. So, uh, yeah, so, you know, a little twist on the, the Frankenstein story. Wasn't that it, Warm uh, Bodies from a couple of years ago? Wasn't that the premise of that one? Uh, sort of. That was a zombie movie. Uh, and, and that was actually a pretty good movie, too, actually. That, that, I, that's okay. actually one I would recommend. If you're, if you're into this kind of thing, uh, yeah, that, that's not a bad flip. And just and just to uh, so, be clear, Lisa Frankenstein is by the same maker. It does not have um, Megan Fox in it, though. Not to my knowledge, unless maybe she has a cameo in there or something. Enough. I don't know, but she's not. She's not a Bill leading I got it. actress in it. We've also got another semi horror, uh, Out of Darkness. Yeah, uh, this is kind of a survivalist horror movie. A, kind of interesting concept. It takes place in like the frozen wasteland, and the whole thing is in is in a made up language, apparently. Okay. It's not in it's not it's not in English. It's not in you know, Spanish or some native language or something like that. It's they it created this language that the, the people in this world speak with subtitles uh, but, or without subtitles. I have to assume with subtitles. So I was thinking maybe it'd be uh-huh. without. Like the purpose of creating a fake language is that you kind of watch it without having to, you have to figure it out. But I don't know. I mean, it's a curious concept. Yeah, I mean, have you ever seen the Star Wars holiday special? <laughs> Go on. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's why you don't want to do a made-up language and no subtitles. Gotcha. <laughs> just one of the many things that's wrong with the Star Wars holiday special. Uh, but yeah, uh, actually getting pretty good reviews on this from running about 85%. And Teacher's Lounge? Teacher's Lounge is a German film. This is, uh, this is actually the, uh, German entry for the best international feature at the Oscars. Uh, this is a, about a young teacher who's, you know, kind of determined to do right by her students. And one of them is accused of theft and, you know, everywhere she turns, she's running into the, 
the bureaucracy of the school and, you know, everything that's you know, basically designed to, to keep teachers and students down and, and how she's trying to battle against it. Idealistic in future. So, again, nominee for the Best International Feature Oscar. If you're looking to kind of maybe slant your odds for that in your Oscar poll, if you do an Oscar poll, that might, might, might make sense, make some time to go see this. And what are you guys going to watch next week? Uh, everything is going to open midweek next week because of Valentine's Day. They try to get, like, I guess, I guess date movies, but they're not, the, the things that are coming out to me are not really date movies. You've got uh, One Love, which is the Bob Marley biopic. Yeah, and then you've got uh, Madam Web, which is Sony's latest attempt to cash in on the fact that they own all the Spider-Man characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so uh, one of those. Okay, all right. And I don't want to go without at least saying for just a second, you guys have got a couple of big announcements this week. Mira Sorvino is coming to Pensacon. Oh my god, I love her so much. But even more, Garrett Dillahunt, my favorite character actor of his generation, whether it's Raising Hope or Terminator Sarah Connor Chronicles or in life, he was amazing in life. I'm so excited about Garrett Dillahunt. Here's the Walking Dead. Yes. Justified. He's done so many things. He's so great. We're really excited to have him. Really excited to have Oscar winner Mira Sorvino, too. You know, not just for, you know, she won for Mighty Aphrodite, but uh, everybody loves Romeo and Michelle's high school. Of course. Reunion. And the replacement and killers. Yeah. So, yeah, two really, uh, really great actors, and we hope uh, hope folks are going to come out. There's still time to get tickets. Uh, Pensacon is coming up in just two weeks, February 23rd through 25th. So, yeah, I, I have not uh, been as excited about somebody coming to Pensacon, I think, that I can ever remember with Garrett Dillahunt. Like, it's just kind of, oh, <laughs> you know, what a great person to get. So, anyway, uh, well, congratulations. Well, I'm glad to hear that. I, ho- I hope all of Tentacle is similarly excited because we're looking forward to seeing it. I, I, unfortunately, I think some people are like, who? And I'm like, well, that's your loss, okay? Uh, Julio Diaz, he is the host of Let's Go Pensacola and the Pensacola Movie Club. Follow him on Facebook. Uh, Julio, as always, thanks for the time, sir. No worries. Thanks, Andrew. All right, 816 News Radio 92.3. The Transgressors Memorial Service comes up next. Jake has traffic on the fives. All right. This uh, traffic report is brought to you by Executive Landscaping. Now I'm not seeing any problems on our roadways. No accidents reported by uh, FHP. Not seeing any congestion on the Google Maps here. Uh, If you see anything out there, you can always let us know, 437-1620. Right now it looks like Highway 98 through Gulf Breeze and Navarre is flowing. I-10 and I-110 are at posted speeds. If you're coming out of Milton this morning on Highway 90, there's nothing along your way uh, all the way through Pace and around the curve to Scenic and into Pensacola. And uh, here in town, Shea Street, Gregory Street, Garden Street, all checking in clear. If you do see anything out there, 437-1620, I'm Jake Walker with Traffic on the Fives. Join Stefan Schmidt, Marine Service Technology Instructor at Georgetown Technical College for Boat Smart on the Pensacola Expert Panel today at 10 a.m. Key Marine sponsoring the show. When Key Marine needs to hire Marine Service technicians, they hire students from Georgetown Technical College. Have a boating question for Stefan? Then give us a call at 437-1620. It's a dream team, so join them today at 10 a.m. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 92.3 AM 1620. Gulf Coast businesses are set to lose over $5 million this month. I'm Nathan with Data Revolution, and this is your cybersecurity tip of the month. It's the beginning of tax season, and scammers know the threat of an IRS audit gets people to pay. Know that the IRS will never initiate contact through email, and any email threatening an audit is just a scam. Businesses along the Gulf Coast trust Data Revolution for their cybersecurity and communications needs. Visit datarevs.com for more information. Advertising, marketing, digital marketing, These are words you hear a lot about, but what exactly do they mean? 
How do you get started? Where do you get started? Well, you can start by tuning in to the Pensacola Expert Panel, Monday morning at 1030. Join me, Tasca King. I'll show you how to navigate the changing and fast-growing landscape of digital advertising. Monday morning at 1030 on the Pensacola Expert Panel. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 92.3 AM 1620. Start your mornings off informed with all things Pensacola on the Pensacola Morning News with Andrew McKay on News Radio 923. Informative, local, dependable. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today for the Transgressors Memorial Service, remembering those who have transgressed against the great spirit of inclusion and must forever be cast into the abyss of dead names. Let's join Brother Andrew, remembering those who we have lost. Our first remembrance is for former Florida Agriculture Commissioner Nikki Freed. Due to her bungling of a simple question on the steps of the Florida State Supreme Court this week, the court was hearing oral arguments over the proposed ballot initiative that would create a constitutional right to abortion on demand for any reason prior to viability, and for any health-related reason thereafter, a right we, of course, support wholeheartedly. Whose ovaries? Our ovaries. But after the court session, a reporter asked Nikki whether a trans woman can be pregnant. Here's how she answered. One of the other major issues that the legislature has been dealing with is the issue of transgenderism and LGBTQ rights. Um, would you say that a, a transgender woman could uh, give birth or, or, or uh, get an I, abortion? I, I am not a doctor. Okay. <laughs> oh, my. Now, I'm sure that many of you at first thought this was a good answer, deftly trying to evade the clear setup this so-called reporter was trying to lay for the leader of the Florida Democratic Party. But no, dear Otherin, this was a total failure, precisely because she said the question was complicated when it isn't. Of course trans women can be pregnant. They're women. Just ask them. And since being a woman includes the ability to be pregnant, the short answer is yes. Our entire view is based on the idea that what you believe about your body is the truth about your body, regardless of what your body can actually do. So even if a trans woman still has male reproductive organs and XY chromosomes, if she believes she can be pregnant, of course she can. These questions are not about biological facts, but about biological beliefs. And in implying that there's any unclarity here, Nikki missed the whole point. It doesn't take being a doctor to know something that every seven-year-old who has passed gender identity re-education phases one through three can tell you. But there would have been an even better answer than her ill-conceived medical evasion. What she should have said was, how dare you imply that womanhood is defined by gestational capacity? Women are more than just baby ovens, and our ovaries are not our identities. Had she replied this way, and with the right level of indignation, and thrust the bigotry back in the face of this would-be gotcha journalist, perhaps she could have made him rethink his life choices a little bit. So sorry, Nikki Freed, but your answer got it wrong and missed an opportunity. Your virtue signal was weak, and we cast thee out. Woe unto all who offend. Woe unto all who offend. Second, Stanley Cups. Following the recent disclosure that some children are being marginalized in school based on their failure to have genuine Stanley drink containers, as one very concerned mom on TikTok explained... This is the cup that we got our daughter for Christmas. This is not a Stanley. This is a 9.98 Walmart cup that she said she thought was cute. She is nine years old. But unfortunately for her daughter, she had to go to school with the Stanley Mean Girls. 
on the second day back to school after Christmas break, she comes home. She's not crying, she's just upset. The girls, all the other girls in her grade, all got Stanleys for Christmas and they made sure to let her know that this is not a real Stanley, that this is fake and it's not as cool. Obviously, you can feel her pain. Suddenly, this lovely, well-adjusted, middle-class white girl was forced to feel inadequate and disfavored, all on the basis of what? A drink holder? No, this just will not do. The star-bellied Stanley Cup Sneetches must not be allowed to look down upon the Sneetches who do not have Stanley Cups upon theirs. But as we have warned you time and time again, this is what you get from capitalism. Different people pursuing different occupations, making more and less money, and spending that money on different things creates just the right environment in which comparisons and judgments are made between otherwise unsuspecting young girls. Greed, envy, exclusion, resentment, marginalization, cool kids and uncool kids carving up the world on the basis of their petty socioeconomic status symbols. That's the wicked fruit of the free market. There are only two solutions to this problem. Solution number one is to ban Stanley Tumblers altogether. We like this approach because banning is kind of our thing. Solution number two is to establish the Insulated Container Equality in Drinks Upliftment Project, or ICED UP, and fully fund it at taxpayer expense so that every American child can have the Stanley Cup of their choice. We also like this approach because tax and spend projects are also kind of our thing. We dream of a world where children are judged not by the color of their Stanley, but by the contents therein. And we must bend the arc of the moral universe toward this future of true Stanley quality. Woe unto all who offend. Woe unto all who offend. The father, father Finally, Santa Rosa County Commissioner James Calkins, who this week brought forward his proposal to spend taxpayer money on constructing the largest flag in the entire state of Florida for a whopping $150,000 at first and up to $30,000 a year thereafter. Can you believe the audacity of someone wanting to waste the people's money on such a ridiculous display of sheer bald-faced pro-American jingoism? First of all, that money could be much better spent on so many other things, such as a 13% down payment on the single traffic light at Stewart and Magnolia, which will cost around $1.3 million. The county could invest in affordable housing and buy half of a small house for some deserving citizen. Heck, we could use it to repave 900 feet of Woodbine Road. And just think of the civic pride people would have knowing that they got one-eighth of a traffic light or one-half of a house or even one-fifth of a mile of street repaved instead of a one-of-a-kind inspirational symbol. But of course, even if it were free or funded voluntarily, we would still oppose it because just think of what it stands for. Some giant reinforcement of the greatness of America that will puff up the citizens in pride for their horrible country that was built on racism and sexism? Why would we want people to be inspired by this nationalistic symbol of oppression and injustice? Do the people of Santa Rosa County or all travelers through our area really need to be momentarily misled into having positive thoughts for these United States of America? Certainly not. And besides, just think of all the other terrible monoliths to American greatness that were erected with squandered taxpayer money. The Washington Monument cost over $37 million in today's dollars, and can you really say that has done anything positive for our country? The St. Louis Arch cost $130 million in today's dollars, and certainly that money could have been better spent on something more important. And one of the most disgusting wastes of public money ever was surely the vanity project of Mount Rushmore, which cost more than $19 billion in today's money. And just think of how much better off we'd be without that silly set of face carvings on a remote Dakota mountain. 
No, Mr. Calkins. Your ridiculous election year stunt will do nothing but inspire people with awe and make them feel good about this terrible country. How dare you? Woe unto all who offend. Woe unto all who offend. As you depart today, please stop by the protest tent in the foyer to collect your fava beans for this Sunday's Super Bowl. As an act of protest against the barbaric carnivorosity of this annual exercise in gluttony, we are spreading the gospel of nutritious beans in an effort to reduce the needless deaths of billions of chickens who will be murdered needlessly to produce drumettes and flats for Sunday's buffalo platters. Nameless, faceless chickens. What a foul endeavor. Refreshments this week are provided by Two Heads Are Better Than One. The insect-based aphrodisiac paste created entirely from the rare Siamese locusts of the western banks of the Chattahoochee River, rumored to be one of the seven great sources of the Peach State's high rate of illegitimacy. Like they always say, if you can't beat them, can join them. And now, brethren, sisterin, and otherin, having been cleansed of these hurtful words, give each other the holy virtue signal and go forth and transgress no more. If, if you can't beat them, can join them. <laughs> that one gets me every time. Uh, Jake's got our traffic on the fives. All right. Uh, this traffic report is brought to you by Executive Landscaping again, because I only read half of that copy on the last go-round. So uh, it looks like around town we're looking great. I-10 and I-110 are in great shape. They're at posted speeds. Highway 98 through Gulf Breeze and Navarre. I'm not seeing any slowdowns. If you're coming out of Milton this morning through Pace on Highway 90, I don't see any uh, traffic there to slow you down. And uh, Highway 29 now is looking great through uh, Cantonment and Inslee. If you do see anything out there slowing you down, you can always call or text our traffic tip line, 437-1620. Executive Landscaping, call them today for all your premium and commercial landscaping needs. I am Jake Walker with Traffic on the Fives. Thanks so much, Jake. Let's go into the newsroom now where we've got Steve standing by with our headlines. Steve? Well, it looks like the Midwest is experiencing a number of tornadoes, which is a rare occurrence in February. Wisconsin had the first ever February tornado warning, while a twister in northern Illinois flipped over a semi-truck and knocked over some trees. It was only the area's second February tornado since 1950. Former Fox News host Tucker Carlson's two-hour interview with Russian President Vladimir Putin has been released. See, the interview was released on Carlson's website, and it marked the first interview Putin has given to a Western journalist since the invasion of Ukraine almost two years ago. If you're making last-minute plans to go to the Super Bowl, make sure you have at least $8,600 with you. StubHub says that's the average price for the game, and uh, basically the ticket resale platform says it's on pace to be the most expensive Super Bowl ever. Are there tickets still available? I, I bet you somebody on StubHub, Steve, thanks for the update. I bet you somebody on StubHub is going to be able to show up three minutes before the game and get one for a grand. But that'll be like one person gets that deal as they go on Super Sale. 829 on News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. Joe Biden sparring with Peter Ducey yesterday over his memory issues. No, thank you, and I'll take some questions. President Biden, something the special counsel said in his report is that one of the reasons you were not charged is because... In his description, you are a well-meaning, elderly man with a poor memory. I'm well-meaning, and I'm an elderly man, and I know what the hell I'm doing. I've been president, and I put this country back on its feet. I don't need his recommendation. It's How totally bad out. is your memory, and can you continue as president? My memory is so bad, I let you speak. What? That's uh, that's that's what. Your memory has gotten worse, Mr. No, president. My memory is not good. My memory is fine. 
my memory. Take a look at what I've done since I've become president. Well, you managed to forget that it's not Mexico that's next to Gaza, but it's actually Egypt, and that was the president you talked to in getting Hamas aid through. But, you know, sure, everything's great. Fox News. I'm Chris Foster. President Biden pushes back on a special counsel report on his mishandling of classified documents, saying he showed diminished faculties and faulty memory in interviews. I went forward with a five-hour in-person, five-hour in-person interview over two days on October the 8th and 9th of last year, even though Israel had just been attacked by Hamas on the 7th and I was very occupied. It was in the middle of handling an international crisis. New York House Republican Claudia Tenney says proceedings should be explored to remove the president from office. There's a manhunt for a cop killer in Tennessee. Police are looking for a felon they say is armed and dangerous after a deadly traffic stop, which killed Sheriff's Deputy Greg McGowan and left a female deputy injured, shot multiple times in the leg. Warrants have been issued for 42-year-old suspect Kenneth DeHart. Fox's Lillian Wu. Details of the traffic stop and what led to the shooting have not been reported yet. America's listening to Fox News. Good morning, it's 831, 62 degrees right now and partly sunny. I'm Steve Taylor for News Radio Pensacola. Santa Rosa County leaders are moving forward with a fact-finding mission to determine what the cost would be to house the largest U.S. flag in the state of Florida. Yesterday, the board approved a motion to allow staff to obtain bids for the project, although it's still not clear how the county would pay for it. I'm telling you now, I'm against the taxpayers' money. I'm against the development center money taxes. We need to use that money for projects we're doing on the beach, okay? That's from Commissioner Ray Eddington. Ultimately, the conversation will continue once the bids are back. The plan calls for at least a 200-foot flagpole to be erected at the county administrative complex to go along with the other exterior improvements that are already in progress. Escambia County's administrator is pushing back on the claims that EMS Chief David Torcell and Deputy Chief Christopher Stevens are fostering a toxic work culture. According to a letter from IAEP Local 325 this week, about 100 EMS employees have voluntarily resigned in the last two years. West Moreno says the number is closer to 40 or 50. However, some of those have been due to disciplinary reasons. I believe it's more, it's more like 40, maybe 50. Some of them, we just had two resign the other day because one, both of them are relocating. You know, some of these things uh, happen, and some of them are, have been disciplinary. Things when, you, when you're trying to change a culture in a place, is always going to be resistant. Moreno adds there are areas for improvement and he will look into the union's allegations. Santa Rosa County officials are advising that drivers can expect temporary lane closures on the Navarre Beach Bridge soon. The bridge will have temporary lane closures from Tuesday, February 13th to Thursday the 15th so that routine inspections can take place. County officials stress that motorists should use caution when driving through the posted work zones. Well, looks like it's going to be an interesting weekend. Some sun, maybe some showers. Let's check that forecast from Channel 3. This is meteorologist Brooke Richardson with your first morning weather update. We will have a cloudy day today with a 20% chance of a stray shower. High near 69 degrees. Overnight tonight, temperatures dropping near 62. Warm weather for the weekend, 70 degrees on Saturday with a 30% chance of a stray shower. Saturday night, temperatures dropping near 64. For Sunday, showers and thunderstorms possible, especially late in the day. 60% chance of rain. High near 71 Sunday with a low near 63. Stay connected to Channel 3 News 
news first morning weather team. Download the WEAR-TV weather app. This is Brooke Richardson from the First Morning Weather Center. Thanks, Brooke. Right now, let's check in with Jake Walker for Traffic on the Fives. This traffic report is brought to you by Discover. I'm not seeing any problems on our roadways right now. I-10 and I-110 are at posted speeds. Highway 98 through Gulf Breeze and Navarre is flowing smoothly. If you're coming out of Milton this morning on Highway 90, no problems there. Here in town, uh, it looks like, um, let me go back to this map. No slowdowns on Cervantes. Bayfront Parkway is checking in without delays. Avalon Boulevard is clear through to Garson Point Bridge. In Milton, Caroline Street is clear as well as Stewart Street checking in without delays. And um, looking good from 12th Avenue through to Palafox and W Street. Discover wants everyone to feel special with live 24-7 customer service. Learn more at discover.com slash credit card. Limitations apply. I'm Jake Walker with Traffic on the Fives. Thanks, Jake. Right now, 62 in Pensacola, 61 in Gulf Breeze, and 62 in Milton at 834. Next news is 9. Breaking news anytime. And now let's check what's happening in the financial world. This is your Money Now on News Radio Pensacola. The U.S. bought more goods from Mexico than China in 2023 for the first time in 20 years. New data out this week shows Mexico outpaced China to become America's top source of imports, which is a significant shift that highlights how the tensions between Washington and Beijing are altering the trade flows. At the opening bell, the Dow Jones average was uh, down about 16 points at 38,709. S&P 500 up 6 points at 5,004. NASDAQ was up 56 points of 15,849. I'm Steve Taylor for News Radio Pensacola. Informative, local, dependable. Are you ready for a triple dose of wit, insight, and laughter? Tune in to News Radio Pensacola for the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins show from 11 to 2. Your daily dose of engaging conversation and hilarious banter. Join Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins as they tackle the biggest news stories, pop culture moments, and everything in between. They'll keep you entertained, informed, and laughing out loud from start to finish. Don't miss a minute of the fun. Tune in to the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins show, 11 till 2 on News Radio Pensacola. I will definitely call you back later then. Come on, wrap it up. Big circle. Okay, you know what? Wrap up the circle thing. Come on. Commissioner Parker, wrap it up, please. Okay. Okay, everybody, that's a wrap. That's a wrap. That's how we end the week here on the Pensacola Morning News. I invite a couple of friends here into the studio and we just kind of talk about the week's events like we're doing it over beers or coffee or in. Um, Josh's case, a giant hydro flask of what? That's water. Oh, okay. You got to stay hydrated. <laughs> it's a hydro flask after That's all. That's right. So sure enough. Uh, Josh Newby is the executive director of the Council on Aging in West Florida. Good friend. We were in Leap together and since then, um, though he won't admit it to his friends, I'll tell my friends I'm friends with you. And uh, I brag that I know the <laughs> local it. media personality. So I'm dead silly. serious. Uh, Blake Barkley is a name you have not heard in eight years because eight years ago during the 2016 election, he was our intern. And he was at Gulf Breeze High at the time. He then um, went to the 2016 nominating committee for the Republicans, and we had him as an, a field reporter there giving us reports. It was great. Since then, he has gone on to Harvard and come back, having graduated from Harvard. He worked at Axiom as well, which is a Republican political consulting organization, and he is now just back in Gulf Breeze for a little while, applying to law school. Blake, welcome back on the uh, Pensacola Morning News. I'm glad to be here. No, it's great to have you. So, Quick question. Feel free to not talk about it if you don't want to, but um, obviously Harvard was big in the news over the last couple of months with the issues of anti-Semitism on campus and the eventual uh, 
loss, I guess. She's still on staff, so it's not really loss, but of the president over these issues. As a student at Harvard, what's your perspective been on either that incident or the overall trajectory of the college? You know, I think we've seen this rise in anti-Semitism among the really progressive left building on these, you know, college campuses that have become bubbles of one perspective. Mm -hmm. And when I was a freshman, we had an issue that didn't achieve national news, but it was a huge issue on campus whenever I was on the student government and uh, the Palestinian Solidarity Committee wanted to bring a speaker with a history of anti-Semitic comments. And so these issues have been building for years, and now I just think it's reached a point after the events on October 7th in Israel where people are paying more attention. But this is not news to anyone who's been paying attention to what's been going on at these uber-liberal university campuses for years. It's not some small, sudden shift in tone. It's been a dramatic direction for a long, long time. Uh, Josh, um, I don't know. we got all kinds of stuff to talk about. What what grabs your attention today? You want to talk about the... um, the Supreme Court hearing yesterday or the day before uh, for the abortion proposition or Trump. You guys want to talk about Trump? Anybody want to talk about Trump? We've, I've been mentioning it all day today. Let's let's start there and get it out of the way. Okay. Well, you have to. The Supreme Court, yeah. in my opinion, is going to is going to tell Colorado you can't have disqualified him. It's going to be past the deadline, so it won't be it won't matter. He won't be on the ballot, I think, in Colorado. But forty nine states, he will be on the ballot because this is a genuinely terrible, ridiculous, non constitutional effort to take out a presidential candidate. My opinion, mm-hmm. but based on the read of the Supreme Court, I think they're going to agree with me, maybe even 9-0. to zero. I, have, I have one comment and one question. My comment is that, yes, there are too many um, questions that this ruling would seek to answer right. and to, too little precedent for John Roberts to want to open that political thicket. He's not a dramatic change kind of guy. Correct. My question is, because you listen to oral arguments far more than I do. All two hours yesterday. It was a good time. <laughs> I feel like the Supreme Court should just decide on the facts of the case. And I know that stare decisis is very important, but they seem to talk yesterday a lot about implications and a lot about ramifications and less about the facts of the case. Yeah, well, they don't – I mean they barely talked about whether he participated in in, an insurrection. Uh, The lawyer for Trump – Denied it, right, and said it was not well, an insurrection. It was said a riot. That he hasn't been convicted. Yeah, right, and right. Or, so, or even indicted for it. But I don't. I, I think that this is one of those. It's going to take winning on like six different issues mm-hmm. for Colorado to win. Right. Any one of those they lose on, and the Trump's lawyers win. And I think the question of whether he committed an insurrection or supported an insurrection is almost irrelevant to the overall analysis. Blake, what did you think? By the way, uh, just keep your mouth right in front of the mic. That'll pick it up. There you go. Uh, I listen to the oral arguments, too, and I see no scenario where the Supreme Court uh, agrees with Colorado, especially after Justice Ketanji Brown-Jackson, who's one of the most liberal justices, uh, basically said, you need to give me a reason to side against democracy, and you haven't. Mm, right. And it's, it's just pretty damning the way that they've spoken. Mm-hmm. And, I, I mean, the only question mark is whether Justice Sotomayor agrees with it. But Agreed. Because it's either eight one or nine zero. Yeah, right. Elena Kagan was clearly yeah. like, what are you doing? You can't let one state decide an election like this. It's crazy. Yeah. I hope and, it is I hope it is eight one. I hope there is a dissent because I think it would be an interesting dissent to read. Um, but you're right. I mean I think this is this is a political question mm-hmm. that they're seeking a judicial remedy for. No, I will say and I just I want to bring this up because you know me, I'm fond of rejecting and criticizing bad patterns of reasoning. It's like my favorite thing in the world to do. And um, there has been an argument throughout this whole conversation 
that is a terrible argument. And it's the argument that somehow you're thwarting democracy to disqualify a person from the ballot. This is the argument that Trump supporters have made again and again and again. The people want to vote for Trump. It is thwarting democracy to disqualify him from the ballot. And what I have said is, look, um, 31-year-olds can't be president because we have rules. Right. You can't run for a third term, even if everybody wants you. We have rules. And if you're not a natural-born citizen, we have rules. Right. And so it's a dumb argument to say you can't have disqualifying features on principle— especially for Trump, who has made such a big deal out of raising the failure to be a natural-born citizen of people he opposed politically, like Obama and now like Nikki Haley and other people throughout the years. He's made the argument that people ought to be disqualified for technical reasons. So he, of all people, is not able to make that consistently. Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> but but it's Trump. I mean, what are you wanting? Intellectual okay. consistency I mean, from him? No one says that Trump makes great arguments, but his <laughs> biggest benefit is that his opponents also make terrible no, arguments. In, in this <laughs> case. That's in exactly case, right. Yes. You know, I do want to say this, though. I thought it was fascinating. I don't know if you heard this on clip. Nikki Haley um, has been claiming that the, uh, the, the Nevada caucus primary right. nonsense, that it was rigged. Mm-hmm. And when I hear her say that, what I hear is... Ooh, I don't know if you should say stuff like I said, that. I thought that exact thing. That's that's the word. But but what's funny yeah. is Trump says that like it's just Tuesday about things. He's and we don't think anything of it because he's so conditioned us to be, oh yeah, everything's rigged and that's just what he says. And so, but when somebody who doesn't abuse language that way mm-hmm. says it, it kind of like ooh, you know, it's almost well, like a swear we, word. We hold them to a higher standard, and that's sort of the magic of Trump is that he has made his own standard that shifts each and every day, and his supporters shift it alongside him each and every day. And so when someone like Nikki Haley, who I think is a worthwhile candidate, makes a minor mistake, all of a sudden that's held up as a disqualifying feature. Right. Uh, And he— she says rigged and people think it's a big deal. He calls her bird brain. (laughs) On True Social calls He's her bird good with brain. Insults. I mean, oh, whatever. <laughs> you know, whatever. That's just that's just him. Well, I think the thing is that no one's surprised by the things that Trump does because mm, we right. know who he is. It's yeah, that's the only thing that bothers voters is when they're surprised, and that's what. Whenever I was running political campaigns, we said all the time, "Just don't surprise them." Mm. Um, and so we get surprised when Nikki Haley says something like it's rigged. We don't get surprised. We, we'd be more surprised if Trump said it wasn't rigged. So <laughs> then why? Then maybe why, that would if, he's, if he could some really people. unnerve people by praising <laughs> his opponents and building them up and showing civility. That would be the yeah. thing. We'd be like, what happened here? The brand's defecting. <laughs> so to that point, why was Biden's press conference last night? It was not a surprise, but it was upsetting. Did it say the quiet part out loud? Is that? Is that what it was? I think there's been some kind of gentleman's agreement in Washington where they're not, you know, our leaders aren't going. We see political commentators talk about it all the time, but we really don't see so many politicians and political figures address his declining mental state. I mean, Mitch McConnell can't exactly come out and say Biden's got problems mentally, right? So, yeah. But no, that's a good point that, like you said, the gentleman's agreement that nobody's going to talk much about it. It's and when, shattered. And then when, <laughs> when this report so damningly repeats mm-hmm. the things that all the rest of us think, and then he, I don't, who, who, who told, told him, him to do to this do press that? conference? And then who told him to come back to the oh, God, podium? God, stay your statement and leave. Oh, my Lord. Well, I saw, uh, it was I, bad enough in what he just said, and then the yes, answering of the questions yes. was cataclysmic just, for him. Some of the worst things I've seen are from... Biden's orbit, where in Axios today, you know, an anonymous advisor said, who let him go so late at night? It was 7.45 p.m. 
I mean, that's late for me. That's an hour before my bedtime. I, look, I'm not at my best at 745 either. <laughs> Let him go at 745. Uh, 845 here on News Radio 92.3. Uh, we got Blake Barkley here in studio with me and uh, Josh Newby. I'm Andrew McKay. It's Spence Cole Morning News. The Wrap. Uh, Jake has got traffic on the fives. Okay, I'm not seeing anything out there on it. Man, I'm so glad you guys aren't calling on me this morning. I feel so intimidated by you guys. <laughs> Just want to say. Um, Gregory Street, Garden Street, Palafox, all checking in clear. No slowdowns on Cervantes. Bayfront Parkway checking out uh, without any delay. Looks like Caroline Street and Milton is good. Also, uh, 98 is clear from Navarre into Gulf Breeze in Pensacola, Three Mile Bridge, not showing any delays. If you see anything out there, you can always call or text our traffic tip line, 437-1620. I'm Jake Walker with Traffic on the Fives. Thanks so much, Jake. Uh, giant flags. God. Is- <laughs> Are you a supporter? I heard your transgressors this morning, and one could be mistaken for supporting this performative patriotism. <laughs> <laughs> I was writing the transgressors last night thinking to myself, people are going to be very confused about what I really believe about this issue. And I thought, good. Good. Let's make them think I, a little I, bit. Let's work it through. Absolutely. Because, because okay, so I, I, I find myself super conflicted. I said this before. I find myself super conflicted because um, I believe in the monuments. I believe in the awe-inspiring things. I believe there's going to be a giant flag at the Chappie James Memorial. Mm-hmm. I'm sure the giant flag is not free. Sure. I don't know how much money's going for the giant flag. I never, didn't call Chris Doso to find out, but I would guess... The addition of the giant flag has got to be running forty or fifty thousand dollars plus flag replacement. They're going to have to replace that flag a bunch. It's maybe not two hundred or whatever, but you know. Yeah. And nobody even bats an eye at that because it makes sense. We're putting up a plane. We're putting up a statue. Right. We're putting up a flag. It's cool stuff. Why is James Calkins' proposal of an enormous flag? I think best on I ten. Why is that so preposterous? And I use the examples of. The Washington Monument. Because it, it occurs to me that I'm sure, I am sure that people at the time of the Washington Monument, how dare you waste money on such a frivolous thing that sure. has inspired millions of people? How dare you waste money on something as stupid as a goal, as an arch in, in, in St. Louis? And and yet that's the point is, if it weren't coming from him, if it if it had been like, you know, Colton right. who proposed this or somebody, in private individual had proposed this, we'd all be like, that's the coolest thing ever. It's because it's James Calkins. I, I think two things. I think A, yes, because it is James Calkins, but B, it's it's a flag. It's common. It's pedestrian. It's just a flag. If it were a monument, if it were something more I'm sorry, sorry, Bob Tyler. <laughs> if it were more artistic or, or or intentional or strategic, then yeah. But a flag is the lowest common denominator patriotic display you can think of. There's no Isn't intentionality what, behind it. I mean, look, he says— at I'm the, an in, artist, in, Andrew. In, <laughs> in the commission meeting, he made the comment, I'm driving on 98, and I see the Camping World flag, and I get inspired for a sec. I do, too. And this one would be even bigger, seen from farther away. It'd be the kind of thing like—and I think of monuments that are on roadsides all over the country, and you see the giant Jesus or the giant cross or the whatever. Okay. I mean, I think, you would, what, I think you would notice this, and it'd be neat. I'd be inspired if the average cost of a home in Santa Rosa County wasn't— there you, know, you go. Rising right. over See, half a million dollars. I, I, I feel like maybe that's what he should be focusing on. But, but okay. this is TDC but, dollars, but, right? But what does the Bible say? You'll always have the poor with you? Well, explain. I mean, someone, no, seriously. Someone, let me. <laughs> right. Someone explain. I'm finally getting to be my stereotypical liberal. I love here. it. Somebody explain how a flag is inspiring. Define that term inspiring for me. You're driving down the road, you see a flag. You're inspired? Is that the word you want to use? 
Inspired I to was, what? Yeah, I would you say, lost me. Inspired to what? <laughs> yeah, I'm go. saying, like, you know, we're, we're conservatives, brother. <laughs> inspired to what? We love what? the country, Josh, sorry. No, it's just, it, it's, a, it's all the things you feel when you look at the flag, for me. Which is what? Well, that's what I'm asking. Positive, uh, grateful, humbled. I think of sacrifices made on my behalf. Freedom, yeah. the, the premier place we have in the history of the human race. I mean, I, I feel all that stuff. Okay. Yeah, thousands of people have died to lift that flag in other countries in the name sure. of democracy. And, and in our country. And the things we've done to facilitate democracy around the world or human rights or women's rights or, you know, whatever. Those things all make me proud of a country that has massive flaws but is still the country I I'm, love dearly. I'm not one of these America-hating liberals. Let me. Let he's me, really not. I'm really not. He's but, playing but one am, good today, but, but he's I, not really. But I am genuinely curious. Uh, genuine, good faith question. You feel all those things every time you see an American flag? I feel a, a, a hint of all of them, yeah. Interesting. You too? Yes. It's, okay. If if somebody put up an enormous, uh, gosh, I don't know. Um, I'm trying to think of an example of a, I don't, uh, the city of Pensacola flag. Yeah. Or the state of Florida flag. Eh. See, big, I think big those pieces, things, big, big piece of fabric. I think those means things, not means very little to me. You put up a big American flag and it's flapping in the wind. I see it. I notice it. I'm. I can't stop looking at it. I'm excited about it. I'm just all of that. See, I guess to me. Uh, I, 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 th- I think those things when I see like the Statue of Liberty or something like that, but I guess to me, and maybe it's living in the South, you see an American flag every 10 minutes. It just becomes common. Okay. I, I mean, I, I get where you're coming from. So you, you celebrate the icons. You just think this is a weak icon. This is a pedestrian icon. Uh, you know, I'll tell you, here's the other thought I have about this. Um, it, it comes from the Christian world. There's this a longstanding fight between the sort of... Um, I don't know, ornate high church concept and the not low, but, you know, the more common church concept and the high church concept gives us stained glass windows and cathedrals and choirs and massive, you know, pipe organs and all of that. And the alternative gives us the basic sanctuary. It gives us functionality, you know, where we don't waste money on those kinds of things. Now I am not a member of any kind of high church tradition, even though I come from the Methodist church, it's kind of medium high church. Um, I'm I'm always going to be that guy's like, man, we should be helping the, the poor with this money. Mm-hmm. You know, we shouldn't be paying pastor salaries and buildings and all that kind of stuff. But I will tell you, I love me a cathedral, and I love a stained glass window, and I love art. And there's something transcendent about being in that that connects you easier to God than being in, you know, the cafeteria at the school. God bless the churches that start in that situation, but that's not transformational for my sure. spiritual person. So mm-hmm. I I think of all of that stuff. I think, you know, is it a waste of money, or is it something that connects us to values that matter and you know, raise our spirits? I agree with that perspective. I still don't want the flag. <laughs> <laughs> it, we're all in three separate camps here. I know, I love it. It's really good. <laughs> Four, three, seven. So, and and I really, I'm so bothered by the fact that it's Commissioner Calkins. Because you support it otherwise? Because we can't have the conversation honestly. Sure. Because you know it's performative it's on his part. absolutely right. a stunt. It is 100%. I mean, the, he got elected by carrying a shotgun on his shoulder in right. one Facebook ad. It's ridiculous. I mean, come on. Yeah, I agree. Everybody knows. But, and here we have again, it's election year. We'll look at, you know, what's the latest thing right. I can trope out. Right. And, you know, but anyway. Uh, different <laughs> question. <laughs> that was so much fun. Milton. Scott Collins. Who I have celebrated, and I consider a very sh- smart, sharp, Agreed. good character guy. The knock on Scott coming in was, well, he hokey-pokeyed us the first time. Is right. he going to stick around? And and here we go. And I, I, I think he was doing good work. 
And there's nothing surprise. Milton's not a surprise. This is a known quantity going in. So why has he suddenly decided, oh, no, this is bad? No, Sherlock. I mean, you knew that going in. I'll take this one. <laughs> I, 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 I can't Blake speechless. I'm sorry, Blake. I, I, Milton, I, I draw a lot of an, um, similarities between Milton, the you know, city council, and obviously Escambia County Commission. I, I think that maybe I'm going to defend Scott Collins. I think that he went into it under the good faith assumption that he really could affect change. I've seen this in my own organization because my predecessor was there for a long time. You come in really believing that you can affect change, and it's not until you're on the inside that you mm-hmm. see all the institutional pressures. Oh, yeah, there's massive momentum. It, even in even in a city council or city administration that's the size of Milton. Yes. Massive institutional resistance to change, of and course. It, and it takes a couple months to realize, okay, maybe – this is more than I bargained for. Yeah, no, that's true. I mean, city council. I mean, that's we, no, no we often look at politicians, Blake. They go to D.C. and they promise big things. They get there, and you know, five months later, do you not remember what you said? Well, it's daunting mm-hmm. to make change, right? Yeah, it's always easier to be a candidate or he's a city manager, so applicant for a job than it is to be a governor or like someone in charge of legislating. And and I kind of made I've constantly made the comment. I'm like, who would want this job? Right. Do you not understand with this job? Well, you know, a little bit of naivete, you know, a little bit of exuberant optimism and a little bit of, you know, I'm, I can fix it. And you get in there you're like, oh, my God. You I know? think it's an interesting what? comparison between um, Janice Gilley and Wes Moreno. Oh, someone who yeah. tried to change the system. Yep. I think in good ways um, versus someone who is working within the system in right. maybe less dramatic but similarly positive ways. Right. I mean, Janice clearly came in, Escambia County Administrator Janice Gilley, uh, clearly came in the darling, at least of Stephen Barry at right. the time, and the others were all excited because she's a fabulous person. I love Janice dearly. Mm-hmm. Uh, she comes in and she's a deeply committed, you know, she's a pragmatist, but she's an idealist too. She wants to get things done and get them done right. And, you know, what she discovered is that nobody else was on board with that. Yeah. Uh, not of the three votes that mattered. Right. And so they got rid of her. And now Wes is much more of a, well, okay, so these are the parameters I can operate in. Here's what I can do. And I'm not going to rock the boat enough to get myself fired, which is, you know, ultimately you got to yeah. keep the job to be able to influence it. Yeah, it's a cha- I mean, that's all challenging stuff. Yeah. Uh, 856 on News Radio 92.3. Jake's got traffic for us. Jake? Well, I don't have any traffic info. Our roadways are clear this morning. No major accidents or slowdowns to report. I do have one thing on your conversations, though, about the flag. You said, uh, Josh, that, you know, the American flag is the, the lowest common denominator, the most pedestrian, you know, symbol, right? Yeah. Have you seen the T-shirt selection at Walmart? That's true. <laughs> That's true. That's that's all I got. I'm out, folks. I I think maybe uh, Trump's advertising campaign has slightly lowered the Uh, uh, the brow on that. All right. So um, we have barely talked. I I feel like, oh, yeah, there's a Super Bowl. Yeah. Weirdly. I don't know why I feel that way since it's been in all the news, not just the NFL stuff, but obviously Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey. Sabrina Singh from the Pentagon actually came out yesterday and said that uh, that Taylor Swift is not part of a Department of Defense psychological (laughs) operation. Why would you say that? <laughs> yeah. If anything, you're giving you're, you're giving oh, the cons- conspiracy. That's experience. like dream fodder for Alex Jones types. I mean, what are you doing? What do you, what do you, uh, Blake? Are you a football fan at all? I'm a Taylor Swift fan. I, I, oh my goodness! Same. Okay, Man, so I asked my wife. Uh, sorry, did <laughs> I, I like Travis? The, did I peek the mic right there? Um, a little bit. I, I asked okay. my wife last night, "Who are the Chiefs playing?" <laughs> 
So, <laughs> can I tell you, as one of your closest friends, I one hundred percent believe that's a question you asked, yeah. Caitlin. And and honestly, it, I wasn't trying to like put her on the spot. I was I was genuinely you curious. were just trying to learn. Hey, who, Better who than Google. Let's see what that's happens right. here. That's right. All right. So <laughs> <laughs> you're both. <laughs> oh my god. Um, all right. Well, we can't really have is that this conversation. Is Taylor Swift segment now? I guess it is. I, I guess They're it is. They're playing the 49ers, aren't they? That's right. <sighs> yeah. That just hurts I don't right care. there. Well, the I don't care enough teams. unless the Saints are in it. So do, you, do you watch the Super Do either of you watch the Super Bowl? I, I, I watch football. I just I don't care enough about either of these teams, oh, okay. but I'll just lean on Travis Kelsey, I guess. So halftime show, whatever's going to happen with Taylor Swift in the Usher, commercials. Usher, right? Usher is the halftime show? I think, yeah. Usher, yep. baby? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. I think right. that's right. Okay. Yeah. yeah I had to think yeah. about it for a second, too. So, uh, <laughs> last, last thing. Um, I asked Jared Moore this morning, who said he has put in his appointment mm-hmm. uh, request to be put on the District 4 for, to replace Robert Bender. And I asked him the question. I said, um, so, you know, the county commission is a bit of a fixer-upper. <laughs> yes. yes. Why, why would you want to leave what's working at the city council and go be in that environment that has been so very toxic for so very long. And he said, I, I believe I can help. I believe I'm the right guy. I, I feel like I have an obligation with my experience, and uh, I think I can make a difference and maybe make it better. And I thought, well, he, he He is a friendly guy. He's a guy you want to like. I think him and Kohler, granted they'd be in the minority, they but would. I could see him and Kohler really introducing well, so some the, the challenge thing. is going to be how do you operate in that environment and not just become another enemy of the three who control the vote that's going to be the challenge sure and i mean if anybody can do it maybe he can i, I think so you know I, w- I would hope and maybe persuade back i mean time will tell that's right blake barkley and josh newby thanks guys you guys were fantastic thank you you're listening to news radio 92.3 wnrp golf breeze milton pensacola